Hi everybody, this is Eric with Smart Pot Fabric Planters and welcome back to the Growing Revolution Smart Pot Cast. Today we've got another great episode. We've got a hydroponics uh, industry veteran, Mike Jernigan. He's the owner of Peninsula Hydroponics, which is in Virginia, which um, is kind of on the forefront of, I guess, cannabis legalization and cultivation um, and he's a great supporter of our products and we wanted to chat with him and, and see how things are going uh, you know on the south in the southeast so Mike thanks very much for joining us sure. today absolutely thank you for, uh, for having me appreciate it uh, awesome so we were recommended to uh, speak with you uh, by our East Coast rep Anna mm -hmm. um, so you know first of all we just wanted to thank you for your support uh, of our smart pot products like we see a lot of postings on Instagram that you guys do yeah. uh, mm -hmm. of, of you know your your place and, and your garden and it just represents us really well so I wanted to thank you for that sure I th we think a lot of your products you know um, uh, Anna is kind of describing it this way, and, and I do the same way to our customers. You guys are like the Kleenex of fabric containers. You're the Nike of fabric containers. You're the original, and I like supporting uh, the original companies. Obviously, a lot of folks have tried to copy you since then, um, and we stock um, less expensive, you know, slightly less expensive version, but the fit and finish, the quality of the fabric smart pot containers are better, no doubt about it, um, and we always recommend them first um, because of that, um, and that's from our experience using them you know um i have some outside that are over five years old that have been outside for over five years and are still maintaining their integrity and still functioning so yeah um, yeah my smart pots are like five six years old and i feel like i could still get another five to six years out of them sure you know they they'll accumulate some mineral deposits uh yeah. but you know with a washing they're yeah. practically brand new so right. thanks for uh you know recognizing the longevity and quality sure. of our products. there's a difference really you can touch them and you can tell the difference between that and you know interior products so yeah, on, online when you're looking at fabric, you know, pictures, it, it's harder to tell, but once you get it in your hands, it's pretty obvious uh, which one is, is the best. Absolutely. Nice. So uh, how long has Peninsula Hydroponics been open for? So this is our seventh year in business. Um, we uh, we started in a slightly smaller location, same, same shopping center, and then we graduated to a bigger one about three years ago. And so, um, yeah, seven years in business. Um, Awesome. First, how, many, how many square feet is your store? Our store now is about 1,800 square foot. Um, we're entertaining moving to a, big, a bigger building as well. So we're kind of negotiating that right now to uh, a building that's double the square footage um, with the potential to expand to four or six times the square footage. So we're entertaining, you know, um, stepping up um, so that we can showcase more. Because um, the, the challenge with our store is that uh, we're running out of space and we can't showcase all the things that we stock. And so if you... Yeah. It, you can't tell you don't know that we have it if you can't see it a lot of times or people will walk right past something so um so plan on moving into a bigger building here shortly um hopefully everything works out uh negotiating commercial real estate can be challenging oh so. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah yeah i've uh, i've dipped my toe into that and uh, took my toe right out of it because <laughs> just uh, yeah. too complicated absolutely um so besides yourself how many other people are working at the store there um so we have uh four um employees three full-time one part-time and then we also have a guy uh one person that helps with events and things so he's so technically five uh five employees 
um, besides myself and then my wife is very helpful she you know she doesn't receive a paycheck per se but she does a lot of the marketing and, and stuff that you see is, is many times it's her work you know um, so she's a yeah. great job of of getting that um, onto the website and into our social media, she's much better at the social media thing than me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm getting there, but uh, definitely. The, the women in our lives generally pick up a lot of the slack and do a lot of the behind the scenes uh, work and and never get enough credit for really Absolutely. all that they do. Yeah, so. she communicates with my um, my um, accountant and all that stuff. So hours for the employees and things, benefits, all that stuff. So super important nice. part part of it for sure. Um, now, as far as uh, retailing smart pots, how, have you guys been stocking smart pot products uh, since the beginning, or how long have no. you been carrying them? And, and well, what are your most popular sizes? So, actually, we didn't. Um, we started with the cheaper ones, a different brand. I'm not going to mention them, but um, they were a uh, you know, Chinese brand that. Um, and your rep, Hannah, uh, she actually sold us on it, and she brought it in. She gave us some samples. We stocked a few. Um, we noticed the difference in the quality and then we began stocking further so if we started off with just a couple of cases of like five or ten gallon you know common sizes threes and fives maybe um and now we stock pretty much every size that you guys make <laughs> you know anywhere from um i think we have from two gallon up to 200 gallon um uh, we also stock the long beds uh uh in six foot eight foot and 12 foot sizes and we use those uh, in my personal garden here at the house um, we actually, uh, but yes, um, I would say the most popular size is threes, fives, sevens, tens. That's, that's, then we get outdoors here in Virginia. If you're going to be on canvas this year, uh, we recommend thirties, 45s or bigger, um, uh, depending on the size of plant you're planning on growing. So kind of recommend based off the size of the plant. So. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get a, a 10 pound yield off of a five gallon plant. Right, so, right. You know, so. Expectations need to match uh, pot size, I guess. Yeah, and, and you know, another thing is that something you have to consider here in Virginia um, is that, you know, uh, come, you know, uh, July, you know, or especially August, you know, as these plants are getting really big or full of uh, vegetation, they transpire really quickly. So these bags dry down quickly, and if you get a 100 degree day with 20 mile per hour winds, um, that's when you'll really appreciate having the larger container. You know, so having a, a 30 or 45 gallon container or even bigger 100 gallon container means that you have less maintenance. You don't have to water as often. Um, less chance of them, you know, experiencing stress. Um, so uh, from, from drying down too much, uh, like I said, it, it really seems the, the biggest difference I seem to notice is on the really hot, um, but also windy days. Um, you know, as air is moving past the containers, they, you know, they can dry down quicker and also just the plants are transpiring faster. Um, so yep. we always we we teach a class. As a matter of fact, that's that's what I was doing last night. That's our class at eleven thirty last night. So we got home kind of late, kind of late night last night. Um, but we always recommend twenty gallon or bigger for outdoor plants here in Virginia. And I think a twenty gallon container is great for like a four foot tall, five foot tall plant. Um, when you get to the bigger ones, you know we had some hemp farms that we deal with. Um, one of my one of the ladies he was growing, uh, his plants ended up around eight foot tall and around eight foot wide. They're large plants in 45 gallon containers last year and um he was he had to water every day <laughs> uh, i believe at some points in august he was watering twice a day so um yeah. understand that you know that's um, i always look at plants as like a pump you know they're transpiring constantly and that draws water into the plant and moves minerals along with it and that's how the you know how, how you move certain minerals throughout the plant and so i, I kind of use that analogy a lot um i i treat it i look at a plant as a, like a pump basically or a, it's a it's a little mini humidifier <laughs> you know um yeah 
In a, in a sense, it really is. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I always say the the more you can irrigate and feed your plant, the better. Sure. But at the same time, is if, you know, if you're hand watering, sure. that could really interfere with your life. But yeah. if you automate your irrigation, then you can be a lot more aggressive with your fertigation sure. uh, without necessarily taking, you know, your life away. Yeah, uh, the key is planting early in the season. Water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as far as setting up irrigation, uh, we always recommend it. Um, my buddy that, that had the hemp farm, he um, he also runs a full-time construction business. So he was dabbling in this, and then so he ended up having to have his daughter, you know. Uh, uh, she, I guess she picked up a summer job out of the deal of pretty much watering. It was her whole summer um you know and so it's, it's a lot to keep up with um and so the more you can automate the better um most of the bigger farms that i deal with have uh irrigation systems in place you know um and so it's super important if you're planning on scaling up but also it's it's you know having an irrigation system in place even with a small indoor grow allows you to be able to leave for the weekend or to be able to go out of town for a week you know last year i was able i was fortunate to go to colorado for a week and i went to maine for a week um and my plants did not miss a beat uh the entire time um, because I dialed it in, had a chance to observe it before I left, you know, and then um, they didn't miss a, you know, they, we had a great yield. Um, the plant, no, no extra stress. You know. Yeah, a, a dialed in, uh, you know, irrigation system is much better than having a buddy come over to water because, you know, who knows if that buddy's going to come over on a certain day guess- or, you know. I, something might come up with them right you know they could get sick they have kids whatever you know and and usually nine times out of ten that's what's happened with me and so um and i don't want to put that responsibility on something else it's my you know job it's my um so um you know i, I don't want to have to um inconvenience someone to come over and water my plants for me and also like i said uh sometimes they wouldn't do it the way you would and yeah unfortunately that can lead to a problem down the road yeah so yeah our, um, our plants are kind of like a ball and chain you know once we start yeah we're, we're kind of tied to them married to it just like in my business you know <laughs> and um yeah. so yeah it, it's a uh, um but you know luckily we have lots of um, options and um there's ways to integrate irrigation systems that, that don't have to break the bank you know and yeah. um do a good job so yeah um getting better and better at that part of it yeah so um, in Virginia, you guys recently passed some of the most progressive cannabis laws uh, in the country, certainly in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about how that's impacted your business? Yeah, it's impacted it tremendously. You know, now we can um, we can talk about growing cannabis. We can, you know, it's especially important. Um, the recreational aspect is important, right? But we have lots of medical patients. We have patients that are battling crippling diseases. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, <clears throat> Parkinson's disease is one that one of my customers in particular. Uh, he's found uh, this guy was always taught that cannabis is bad. It's a, you know, um, his whole life he was always against it. He had a he had been in a, a government job for 35 years and was terrified of losing his pension, his retirement, ever getting a hot sure. test. His brother also has Parkinson's, um, and he discovered that cannabis really helped, and he was able to go off several of these medications that had terrible side effects, uh, visual side yeah. effects, trails, things like that. And um, he lives a better quality of life now. He's actually retired now. But when he first came in, he couldn't really ask the questions, and we really had a hard time answering him with staying within the law. You know, obviously, I wouldn't want to um, compromise my business. You know, and and so now we teach classes. <laughs> you know, it went from us not even being able to talk about it to now we can actually coach and teach classes and and help people diagnose their problems. They can even bring in a plan that they need to. We can. So it's definitely changed the. Uh, 
that part of the business um, it's helped us you know grow um, and become smarter um, because as we answer questions we learn too and so absolutely yeah it's been great for us and like I said the, the medical patients is it's especially nice to be able to help those folks veterans guys with PTSD um, that have terrible um, nightmares and things that uh, I've seen I've had a few um, customers that say the canvas was helpful for that um, I, I'm not one of these guys that says it's a cure-all you know um, but for certain things, it's helpful. And it's, um, you know, if someone's going through, I'm not going to tell you it cures cancer, but if someone's going through chemo, it can help um, with the loss of appetite and things of that nature. And we've seen it firsthand, real world. And yeah. um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be able to donate my last grow to some of those folks. Um, so nice. I don't hustle or sell anything anymore. And, and so I, it's cool. I get to grow these plants. We get to use it for our marketing. And I get to give it away to folks that um, you know need it. So pretty, pretty neat to be able to kind of give that part back. Yeah, so so you'd say that your typical customer is uh, the home grower who's uh, just using it for for personal usage. Then yeah, um, we have some commercial hemp accounts. Obviously, um, we have about fifty commercial hemp accounts that we deal with. But um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So we cater that aspect too. Um, they have, that was that became legal two years before recreational cannabis did in Virginia. So uh, we were looking to have kind of a little bit of a foundation of that to get going, because um, then we could. Uh, actually talk about cannabis obviously we couldn't focus on the marijuana end of the spectrum but hemp we could um the cbd market's huge here in virginia um we have a lot of military here we have seven bases within 25 miles of me right so we have uh we have the f-22 raptors the, the baddest airplane in the world is a quarter mile from my back door you know so uh we have some really neat military installations around here um and and you know a lot of these folks obviously can't consume can uh, marijuana thc so um some of them have used cbd um for medical issues um, so yeah, nice to have that. But the average customer now has changed. It's 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 a lot of these guys that want to grow the four plants that we're allowed to. And the funny thing is, um, some percentage of them, I don't know, maybe five percent of them, don't even use it. <laughs> They're growing it for a friend or a neighbor or a family member that has a, a medical problem, or just because they can. It's been outlawed here for 80 years in Virginia, with the exception of about two years um, during World War II, where the government encouraged the production of hemp for a little bit. You know. Um, but but there's a, a generational loss in the knowledge of how to grow cannabis in Virginia. Being illegal for 80 years, really, you know, these farmers around here, they're smart guys. We have, you know, Virginia uh, has some, you know, really, really excellent farms. Um, but, you know, they're experts at growing corn and soybeans and cotton, all these different food, uh, vegetable crops. Um, but there's a generational gap in the knowledge of growing cannabis plants. And so we help fill that void. Um, we actually, when we teach our classes, I can't tell you how many um, hemp farm or um, large scale farms, the owners have come and taken the class to understand cannabis. Because, um, like I said, they can, they can, they're experts at growing corn or whatever, you know, but. This one is it, it's treated different. It's it's yeah. specific. A, a plant is a plant, you right. know. So there's going to be a lot of crossover sure. between species. But cannabis is, in my mind, you know, just kind of sticks out there it's as unique. being a plant that is so unique in how it grows. And I can't think of another plant that can vary so radically in the final product based on you know nutrients used weather sure. um you know the grower techniques and sure. it's it, it's an amazing plant so it makes sense that you have a, a percentage of customers who just want to grow it for fun because yeah. you know really it's it's the ultimate plant to grow like when you get it dialed in like you're just smiling from ear to ear. Oh, it is. It's, it's my absolute favorite plant. We, we grow a deep variety of heirloom vegetables every year too. So we, we like it all. Um, but, uh, 
you know, um, cannabis is unique. Um, and the cool thing about cannabis is there's so much a genotype or phenotype variation um, from seed to seed. You can take 100 seeds from the same crop, one that's stable, um, but you'll, it'll never be homogenous like a better boy tomato. You'll never get the same, you know, you grow better boy tomatoes, you know, you're going to get four to six ounce tomatoes. They're going to grow to this height and you're, you know, yep. kind of, and they're going to be, it's going to be hard to tell the difference from plant to plant. Um, yep. Canvas is different. They're like snowflakes. You know, every seed is different and you can grow a hundred of the same seed and every one of them will be different and, and to some degree. And that's what makes it so unique and it makes it like treasure hunting. You know, if you find that one special one, um, it might stick around for a generation. And we have one of those here in Virginia. It's called the, the Virginia Beach Afghani. Yeah, and uh, it's been here for over 30 years and it's still highly sought after. You know, only a handful of guys have it. It's pretty uh -huh. much uh, what a lot of growers cut their teeth on here. Um, when I was learning to grow, I wasn't in the circle of guys that had it. I wasn't in the circle. Of, I, I didn't have anyone to teach me. I had the uh, the Jorge Cervantes Grower's Bible. You know, that was it. You know, none of my friends were into it. I was kind of on my own when it came to learning and getting it's up to It's not like you can really talk about it with strangers, no. you know, being in Virginia. Even if you knew someone that had the cutting or you heard that they did, you couldn't ask them, you know, because you weren't supposed to know. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, but now all that has changed. Um, you know, one thing that we did differently than I think uh, some of the other businesses here is that um, uh, I did my own little seed crops. I don't concern myself a breeder. You know, I think to do breeding, you need to be doing 100 plants or more for your sample sizes and your field hunts. Um, but we had some really good cuts that we were fortunate enough to be given or, or bought even. And um, and so we did uh, some of our own crosses, uh, some of our own little pollen chucking events. And we were able to give give away seeds for free so that people could try to understand without breaking the bank. Um, one of the things that when the laws first changed here in Virginia, the news agencies were all reporting the same thing. Cannabis, uh, marijuana is now legal in Virginia. You can grow your four plants, but there's nowhere to buy seeds. Buying seeds is illegal. They wrote it into the legislation. They wrote it into Senate Bill 1406 that you're not um, allowed to sell uh, cannabis clones, um, seeds, unless it's Hemp so it's just supposed to, to appear farm. out of thin air and people are just right. supposed to actually so grow cannabis. And I'm sure some of the politicians enjoy that aspect of it, not being, you know, the, writing that <laughs> part in. You know? That, you know, politicians aren't the smartest people, no, so who knows we've you know, that. what they were even thinking. I've been fortunate enough to go talk to them. I would say fortunate. I mean, um, surprised. I, w I was surprised that the folks that I thought were actually fighting for the plant, they really weren't. You know, they didn't have the, the interest in it or the their their interest was not necessarily for the people. It was for self. Yeah, they're they're just riding the bandwagon probably more than anything. Right, right. And, and so, um, but fortunately, because they did not have a great understanding of the plant, they wrote the rules in a way that really benefited our business um, and Virginians. And uh, it allows for the medical facilities not to completely take over and monopolize the industry, even though they tried to. Um, what it what it allowed to is it's now everyone can grow four plants, and so. Um, that was great for my business, and um, I don't, it wasn't intentional, but it worked out, I think. And and now, like I said, now we've been able to help folks um, with the with the seed giveaways that we did. The only way you could do it is if it was completely free. Um, you can't do any gifting schemes. They mm -hmm. they learned that from DC when the laws changed. Yeah. There, guys were selling a T-shirt for fifty dollars, and you get a free eighth, or you get seeds or right. or whatever. And so they wrote that specifically into Senate Bill fourteen oh six. So um, for that reason. We talked to our lawyers and we discussed it and I was like, what can we do? And what we could, well, the only thing we figured out was that we could give away seeds completely for free without expecting anything in return. Had to be on private property, folks had to be at least 21 years old. So we followed all the rules and I bred my own seeds. I dedicated my plants to seeds, not 
for Snoke. And um, uh, not that you can see myself. And and we did these seed crops, and um, and we gave away two thousand packs of seeds last year. Um, That's a really smart idea because it pretty much guarantees a customer base when you do well, something does. like that. It's well, like, we, yeah, here's some free seeds, but you know, not you everyone's on board with it. To grow it with. Some, you know, some of the folks that uh, yeah, talked about it, like, oh, people are just going to come grab seeds and ditch you, you know, whatever. And Maybe. some did. Yeah, but um, what we learned was about one in four customers actually came back and bought something. And like I said, we did outside of the building. So there was no financial transaction related to it in any way. And because that's how you had to do it to be legal. And um, and so folks were free to leave. It wasn't even inside of our door. You know, and so you could grab seeds and leave. And we encouraged people, yeah. hey, take them. We don't care. You know, um, and if you, you want to come back. your butt. Right, and if you want to come back and support us, we really appreciate it. Thanks for supporting our local business. And um, you know, the feedback we got was incredible. We, you know, um, we were able to take a, a cutting that was a, a great cutting from a breeder that was from Virginia, um, and we crossed it with a, a male that I selected from another breeder from Virginia. Um, turns out there's a, a bunch of guys that came to Virginia that went on to do great things in the industry on skunk va and all these guys that bred the original kim dog and which went on to make the original og cushions and things like that uh, the original um sour diesels uh, the, the folks that bred those plants were from virginia you know and and so pretty pretty um neat history here in virginia there's always been a, a an underground market here it's a part of our culture that i think a lot of folks don't realize you think of virginia as being really conservative south you know all this stuff but it's been here forever um it's yeah it's, i mean our, our first presidents were hemp farmers for that's crying it. out loud absolutely like, come on yep and and so <laughs> it has a it has deep roots not the you know but uh, it has deep roots here in virginia and um and so um for that reason you know it, it's uh it's an important crop here and it's going to be a very important crop moving forward um, some yeah. some folks call Virginia the little Napa Valley, you know, um, of the East Coast, you know, um, and we do. We have sure. we have the, the Blue Ridge Mountains. We have really great sources of water out there. Some elevation uh, for a little more UV light. As we know, you know, the higher up you get in elevation, more UV is available, which can help with oil production in the plants. So I think that's probably going to be the best outdoor growing region in Virginia. We're over here on the coast, obviously, so a little different. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it, it has a history here, and um, it's it's. I'm glad that finally we can. You know showcase that um yeah so uh and, and the seeds uh, you know the seeds that we gave away um i can't tell you how many people have come back and said that the seeds that we gave them for free were better than anything they bought you know and um so how cool is that right you know it's, it's cool they did the they got to do some peanut hunting for me you know it's kind of it was neat to um see people's feedback and it was nice to do something for free for folks oh heck yeah so, yeah so so uh virginia you know we mentioned has a, a pretty good climate for hemp uh, cannabis sure, in absolutely. general. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are some of the intricacies of you know growing indoors or outdoors in Virginia's weather? So uh, one of the things you have to pay attention to here in Virginia is obviously um, in summer we have hot, humid weather. Um, we have coastal storms, hurricanes. Um, you know, uh, sometimes we have some really uh, obnoxious or crazy thunderstorms and things like that, depending on what weather is moving through. But the main thing is uh, hurricane season. Um, you know, August, September, October, um, uh, we have to pay attention to those because even a tropical storm can wipe out your outdoor crops. Um, another thing to understand here in Virginia is we have um, um, different pests here than you would find in, say, the high desert of, you know, California or, you know, on the West Coast, right? So, um, what are you guys dealing with? So, um, the, we have uh, red and two-spotted spider mites. Those are a common problem throughout the country. Um, one of the things that we're, if you if you decide so one of the reasons we steer folks away from planting in the ground especially if it's an area that you've already previously been gardening at um, is because being that we're right in the middle we, we're fortunate enough to have um, 
northern and southern root knot nematodes. <laughs> so we have this root pathogen, a uh, root mm. pest, I should say, um, that that uh, that can cause a tremendous amount of damage to your crops. You know, and so yeah. um, we that's why that's one of the reasons we steer folks towards containers. Um, no, I was just eliminate say, as a variable. That, that nice yeah. Segue. No, yeah, it, it, and it, it's a great, it's a real reason. Um, that's the reason we went to raise beds in my garden. Um, we could not grow okra, we could not grow heirloom tomatoes after a few years because of the concentration of nematodes, and there's no good pesticide to combat nematodes. There's not, it's not cost effective to, for anything that's out there. Um, fumigation is only available for commercial farms, and I don't want to use stuff like that anyway. Um, one of our big yeah. concerns here in Virginia, uh, I do a lot of fishing and diving. Um, that my, my The rest of my life revolves around the water. And, and so um, uh, the Chesapeake Bay is the largest estuary in the East Coast. And so uh, that's another reason why we steer a lot of folks towards growing organically. Um, not always. It doesn't always make sense to do it that way. But we're concerned about runoff here. Um, phosphate runoff is what causes red algae blooms. It causes dead zones in the Chesapeake Bay. And you have to be here to see it. It's terrible. And so anything we can do to kind of combat that is important to us. And so growing containers gives you more control over that. Growing organically uh, leads to less phosphate runoff. Um, so we want to make sure our runoff is good for the environment. You know, and, and so that's one of the reasons we encourage growing the way we do. Also, you can avoid problems like these root-knot nematodes that we discussed. Um, so there's several benefits, you know, to growing in, in, in containers here. And um, that's part of the reason we kind of push on that. So Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of people don't even think like oh yeah you know my soil is fine there's nothing in there but you know yeah. nematodes is something that you really can't even see without a microscope right. or, and, um, or a soil test analysis so you might be thinking you're you know good to go but right. you might be throwing your plants into some garbage soil and the problem is with nematodes when you damage roots just like with like root rot um it can mimic every other type of deficiency so your plants have the all overs if you will you know so they have uh, they're showing sure. every deficiency and you can't figure it out are you in my overwater in my underwater do i have root uh, uh, root rot or you know, some other pathogen like uh, or something gone and really it's these nematodes that have just destroyed the root system and um you can you cannot tell by looking at the plant um one of the most susceptible crops that we grown is okra so if you if you want to figure out whether you have them plant some okra and if they, okay. if they struggle um they're 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 very easy to see on okra roots. You'll see these knots all over the roots, these nodules, and um, uh, uh, galls, they call them. Um, and so that's a great way to figure out if you have them. Um, heirloom tomato plants, they're, the, the, the galls are a lot smaller, so it's harder to tell. And a lot of times when you pull the plant out of the ground, you rip, them, rip the roots off and you rip these galls off. So you have to dig, excavate around the plant, loosen the soil, and then you can diagnose the problem. Um, it baffled me because for, you know, I'd always run these giant aircraft plants, 10, 12 foot tall plants, and then all of a sudden they just didn't, they failed to thrive. Even if I moved them to a different part of the garden, they failed to thrive. And I was thinking it was a fungal problem or all these different things. So I'm using all these different pesticides and finally I figured it out. And I actually got some really great videos and pictures of it. And it's something we'll probably put into a YouTube video down the road so we can show folks what they look like and how to avoid them moving forward. Um, and, and so that, that's what we did here at my house. Yeah, that's uh, that's some great information. I, I'm sure a lot of people are battling nematodes and they don't even know it. So yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I've I've been doing this stuff for a while and um, it caught me off guard. You know, and you know, um, other things too. You know, when you buy plants from nurseries, a lot of times you're bringing in problems. Um, I remember the first time I had broad mites. Uh, I bought plants from a, a nursery that that one of these big like buying or you know one of the ones that ships them all across the country and unfortunately that's how they spread bugs that were never here before 
Um, you know, russet mics were not a thing in Virginia 10 years ago, and now they are. Yeah. Um, same thing with broad mics. You know, they didn't exist here 20 years ago. And so um, now we have different problems we used, than we used to. And it has to do with the way we um, uh, move food across the country, the way we ship it in from other countries. And then some of it was done on purpose by the Department of Agriculture. You know, like in California, they brought russet mites in on purpose to combat roadside weeds roadside weeds <laughs> so um and that's why they're here now and and um you know unfortunately a bunch of the hemp farms um had terrible problems with them um there was one guy specifically that he was in a pilot program and he was allowed to grow hemp plants before everyone else and he also decided he was going to sell clones to all these farms 1.2 million clones and they all had russet mites and so basically these guys it was their first time growing hemp they bought clones from this guy thinking he knew what he was doing and unfortunately, it was a Trojan horse right into yeah. their farms. And then, yeah, they can survive over the winter. Yeah, and so now moving forward, they can't use this field anymore. And um, so if you can avoid that, and, and that's what we try to do is get people past the learning curve on that. Um, one of the things we offer is consulting. So we go out to these farms and, and find the problem. And uh, nice. that first year of farming here in Virginia for hemp, it was rust of mites for everyone. And you're seeing a lot now as folks are attempting to illegally excel clones on Facebook and stuff like that. They're, they're not done on purpose, you know. Russet mites are tiny. You need 60x magnification to see them well, and you're not yeah. going to see one or two. You're not going to see five or ten. You're not going to see it until there's thousands. And so, again, those are pests that are really, really small. Um, you can't see with the human eye, and they can mimic every other problem. You look like you have every deficiency in the book, and uh, ultimately it's a pest. And so that's another thing we do is try to help folks discern or, or tell the difference between a, a deficiency um, and a pest or a pathogen. So. Um, and that's the type of uh, that's the type of customer service that you're only going to get from your local hydro store. You know, sure. you're not going to get that from uh, you know the big box uh, retailer online. That's certainly. it. So that's support your local hydro shop. That's um that's why we made it. Um, it's because we can answer questions and we can look at a picture or help folks diagnose. And my employees are great, man. They're awesome. They they've come. You know, they've all we're all learning at the same time and. Um, I try to teach them. There's a search sponges. I try to teach them everything I know. Whenever I'm nice. telling a customer or troubleshooting something, they're listening. They're right there with me. And, and as a team, we're, we're getting better and better and better. And, you know, I'd put my guys up against anyone. So, awesome. <laughs> so I had uh, one last question for you. Sure. Um, you know, I, I kind of saw, you know, from one of your postings uh, online, not, to, not in the recent past, that... Yeah. Uh, you had a run-in with the law that was cannabis-related uh, sure. back in the day, yeah. and you know you, you've kind of turned it into a success story. So I was wondering yeah. if you would feel okay sharing that story with us. Absolutely. You know, um, it, it was March third, two thousand ten. Um, it's funny when you can remember an exact time and date. You know, that was significant in your life and it was significant in a, a negative way. Um, but Hampton Police raided my house. Um, they had a warrant for a totally different person, a 50-year-old man uh, by the name of Bud, and I was about, I was 26 or 27 at the time, you know, and um, they came in, you know, eight deep, uh, guns to my head, um, all that stuff, they trashed my house, um, uh, and, you know, they asked me, uh, who do you work for, and, you know, I was, I'm working two jobs and going to school, what do you want to know about first, and they kind of changed their tone after that, and they stacked my house, and they found, uh, they found five and a half ounces of marijuana, in, in Virginia, that's a felony. You know, you're sure. one to five years in prison <laughs> for five ounces of weed. And so, um, so they, you know, they took me down and, and booked me and all that stuff. And I had to hire a lawyer. And um, 
like I said, they didn't even have a warrant for the right person, but they never showed me right. one. They didn't give me a chance. They put guns on my head. They put the warrant face down, and they never showed it. They took me into the room and tried to question me, and I was, I know better than to be, um, you fight that battle in court. You don't try to be right. a smart, a smart to the cops, right? You, you don't try to, you, you show them respect while they're there, right? And um, yeah. uh, they, they tried to question me, and uh, I said, um, you know, I know you're just trying to do your job, but I'd like to go ahead and exercise my Fifth Amendment right. Luckily, I was, I was old enough and mature enough at that point not to say anything that was going to hurt me, you know? And yeah. and I mean, we did. I fought the battle in court. And, you know, at that time, like I said, I was working two jobs and going to school, so it was, it was tough. You know, it was a punch in the gut. I had just landed an internship with an engineering company. Um, the, my court date for that specific chart, it was... Um, my court day was for the same week they had offered me a full-time position and so the same week that i was supposed to um uh sign paperwork to come up with time was the was the week i had court and i was praying that their hr department didn't find out you know and um it was tough to hide that you know to come in yeah. every day and pretend like that's not going on and still do your job and um it hurt man um nothing good came from that you know i'd like to say uh you know i learned a lesson or something but i didn't you know um this is something that we know um, is, is useful. Um, uh, it's been used in human medicine for 5,000 years. So since before the, the pyramids were invented, the, the, it's been illegal for 80. The relative side, that's a tiny amount of time in relation to how long we've used this plant. And now we see the laws going back the other way. So all these folks have been put in jail over Gunster Head. You know, uh, I used to deliver pizza. I remember twice while on delivery uh, seeing a house get raided where they killed someone's dog. You know. One of them they shot and they were chasing. They were trying to find it, and the other one they killed. Um, and they had raided the wrong house actually. And so, um, not just that. I mean, and so, so the animals obviously is, is terrible. But how, how many people over the years have been killed? You know, in the same type of situation. Luckily in Virginia, they did away with no knock um, raids weren't. Oh, so they, they stopped doing these nighttime. High, and it's high risk, not just to the the folks that they're raiding or trying to you know capture or whatever um but also to the police officers and it's a hugely hugely unpopular um it was hugely unpopular uh, war on drugs here in virginia specifically with the marijuana um yeah. that pitted the residents against uh, the civilians against the police and it was yeah. completely unnecessary there was no gain from it um and now we're seeing it be reversed and I think it's a great thing. I'm really happy to see it happening. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that so many people were harmed over these laws, you know, myself included. Um, I still had to eat. I, I fought that charge in court. I still had to eat a, a, they offered me a misdemeanor charge. And I talked to some of my friends that have been, you know, in, in worse shape than me. And um, they they said, you know, if they offer you a misdemeanor, even though you know they had a warrant for a totally different person, you could probably be to take it. And also, I didn't have the money to fight it. You're talking about right. three or three or five thousand dollars in lawyer's fees, with the potential of it going the wrong way too. And right. so they offered me misdemeanor possession charge, um, in place of that felony, and I signed the papers. And so I ended up having a restricted license, um, um, and had to go to court, uh, work every day. And like I said again, pretend like not was going. It was depressing. It was, it was tough, but I made it through it, and stronger now. You know. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of people in your situation probably would have taken the deal. You know, if you don't have yeah. money to fight it, you know, that's there's it. the risk of going to jail if you lose. It's like, well, well, and you know, that's when we talk about like privilege and stuff like that. You know, the rich, rich kids don't go to jail. The poor no. kids don't go to jail. You know, yeah. and and I don't come from money. You know, and so I can go and ask my dad, your parents, to borrow money for a lawyer. You know, I didn't even tell them I got in trouble. Yeah, um, I was been disappointing to them you know and so i um, did it all on my own and you know ultimately 
Um, now I, I started this business all alone too without any help from anyone. Yeah, and, and now we're, we're thriving. It's, it's a great thing. Um, so, um, like I said, nothing good came from that. I would have been way further ahead if it didn't happen. But uh, it's uh, the, I guess the only good thing that came is now I have a success story that I can tell other folks that have been in the same situation. Hey, it's not the end of the road or in the world, you know, and you're going to have to fight a little harder than everyone else that didn't. You know, but yeah. um, it's doable, you know. And, yeah. And yeah, now I, I, I saw a good quote uh, a while back that said, the war on drugs is over and everybody lost. And I think, <laughs> and I think um, people are starting to realize that, especially, yes. you know, more in the news we hear of like how opiate deaths are like one of the leading causes of death for sure. uh, people who are like under 65 and that is just a hundred percent unacceptable right and if the more people we could get using cannabis for their issues sure. versus opiates yeah. the world would be a better place i tell you i had a, a great pain management doctor i have i've had three surgeries on my left foot and now i've a titanium plate, eight screws in it. Um, unfortunately for me, cannabis wasn't helpful with pain, but I had, it wasn't like it was just nerve pain. It was a mechanical grinding of bones, you know, so it was different. It wasn't very helpful for me. Um, but when I was talking to that doctor, um, he was saying that having marijuana as another tool in his bag was such a great option. It was totally for it, but completely frowned upon by a lot of the, the medical community because of laws. And, and um, you know, so that's all changing. And he was a really I mean, a great doctor. Um, and and now now he can recommend cannabis in place of opioids. And if it helps you, like for some folks it helps and some folks it doesn't. We all have different endocannabinoid systems. It affects everyone differently. That's why some folks uh, smoke pot and they get anxiety, and some folks when they smoke it takes it away. You know, and so yeah, um, you know, and so um, it's not a blanket fix for anyone, but it's useful. It's an extra tool in the bag for these folks. And um, man, if, if it it, it, if it does help someone, man, it's great. It's a great thing, you know. Uh, there's there's yeah. no disadvantage. Yeah, God, God created cannabis, so to sure. say cannabis is bad, you know, then you're saying like God is fallible. Yeah, which right. Might be who knows? Yeah, but. you know. But, and, and the other thing is like, you know, um, what are they? There was a study done in I think it was in Israel, and they were talking about this. Yeah, you know, it's the only plant that has like 90 different cannabinoids, and it has all these unique traits to it. It's a very unique plant. It's here for a reason. Like I said, it's been used in medicine for long before um, um, civilization was, you know, or long before we, uh, the United States was thought of, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, and, and like I said, in the grand scheme of things, it's only been legal for a very small fraction of that time. So, well, um, yeah, you know, Virginia is going in the right direction uh, sure. with things. You know, I, I don't know all the ins and outs out of their laws, but it seems to be one of the better ones in the country and hopefully you know the rest of the country can kind of see the example of sure. virginia oklahoma yeah. you know sure. not your traditional cannabis states yeah. legalizing it and you know not having the world end. hopefully uh you know federal prohibition will yeah. come down sooner than later um i'd like to see north carolina go next i think it'd be great you know north carolina is kind of on the cusp you know, i think and and um you know one of my friends went to jail over stems and seeds there was no actual marijuana in the bag I mean, they took them to jail in, in north carolina and so they've done some decriminalization efforts and stuff like that so it's different now than it was but i'd like to see that change and hopefully virginia will be a good example um one of the things we try to do is steer our customers um don't make virginia look bad you know here's the rules you know you're allowed four plants if you end up with a few extras and get caught with them it's a it's a 250 fine up to up to 10 plants 11 to 49 
is a misdemeanor and, and over 50 is a felony. There's no reason to have over 50 plans. If you do, you're just you're asking for it and, and you kind of deserve what you get at that point. There's no reason why you can't stick to the rules. Um, and you know, if you go a little over and get in a little trouble, that's one thing, but catching a felony is, a felony is different. That stays with you for life. And um, so there's no reason to do that, I think, in Virginia. Um, uh, so we try to steer folks in the right direction. Some guys, sometimes guys come with um, ideas that, you know, don't really make sense. You know, um, I saw one guy get busted with about, I think he got over 50 plants, but a bunch of little plants this big. I'm like, why are you doing that? You know, there's, there's no reason to do that. Stay within the rules um, or close to them, you know, and, and don't put yourself in that spot. And don't give them, don't give the politicians a reason to take this away from us. Yeah. I've seen in other states where they walk laws backwards. You know, I think it was in Arizona or somewhere there where they, they made it to where you couldn't grow your own plants within a certain distance of a dispensary. So if your house was within 15 miles of a dispensary, you can't, you can't grow again. And so they right. walked some of these rules backwards. And so um, I don't want to give, I don't want Virginia to, to give Virginia any reason to walk this backwards, to take this right away from us. It's a great right. The floor is reasonable. Um, uh, you know, got a little heat on a post uh, about me growing four plants and getting them as three pounds from four plants. I have no reason to exaggerate. You don't have to prove it to, but um, you know, uh, uh, I did. I got almost three pounds. It was like forty-five and a half ounces. I saw your um, pictures. Yeah. It, it looked legit yeah. to me. So, so, um, so it actually kind of fueled me though. Um, so what? And you know, getting three units from a, from a fixture is like that's the industry standard for commercial, right? And do pulling that from a tent is a little more challenging. But I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm, I'm, I you know. I do it for a living. I better be able to, you know. And so um, I was trying to showcase what you could yield from that size space. Um, yeah. So I uh, talked to my wife about it, and I think um, not this grow, but I'm going to end up uh, doing another four plant grow and uh, showing what's possible under a 680 watt light uh, LED. And what my my thought was is when we go and process the plant, when we um, actually do the dry trim and weigh it out, have like 10 people come over. We all trim it together real time, maybe live stream or something, so that there's no way it can be faked or someone can't <laughs> call my bluff, you know, or whatever. And, and I think that'd be cool to do, you know. Um, let me, you know, let me prove it to you. Yeah, um, I, you know, I don't have any reason to, you know, exaggerate. So, um, and, and if it doesn't make it, I want you to see that too. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, if you if you're hitting, uh, you know, three pounds of light in, in yeah. a tent, um, yeah. you know, you're you're crushing it. And yeah, I mean, two and know, a half is great. If you're hitting two, you're doing good, and, and most people aren't going to be mad at that, you know. But um, I, you know, yeah. I'd I'd be happy with one pound yeah. per light. Sure. You know, Absolutely. that's that's more than enough for me. <laughs> and you know, in in with. Hitting three pounds to a fixture inside of a five by five grow tent, there's other things you have to have. You know, obviously you need CO2, you need very yeah. good control over temperature and humidity and all that stuff. And we have all that, you know, so that's why, um, you know, uh, we're, that grow, I was using mineral-based fertilizers. Uh, I was using Mills Nutrients, great guys, um, great company, um, cocoa drained to waste. Um, and uh, we did did very well. The previous grow, I was growing organically and it was closer to two and a half pounds. Um, uh, again, that was, you know, using super soil top dressing with Pride Lands amendments, you know, um, Mammoth Pea. You know, I had some teas and some things that we used to, to but get But still, the, two and a half you know, uh, doing, uh, you know, organic is yeah. outstanding. And for, and for most folks, um, that's all you need. You know, that was way more than I need. I gave, I've never given away so much in my life. You know, it was, it was cool to be able to do it, you know. Um, but, um, and then moving forward, I'll be sharing my recipe and how I got there and what I did. And here's my temperature and my heat humidity and what fertilizer I use and what EC and what, you know, and all that stuff and um, all the details so that folks can repeat it. Yeah. Um, and so that they don't necessarily have to go out and buy cannabis from anyone. They can have their own. Um, and, you know, 
it'll make you end up kind of being a little bit of a wee snob, you know, because once you've grown around, you know, you have different appreciation for it. Or, or yeah, yeah, as, as you should, so. as you should. And I, I think every, you know, cannabis user should give a shot at, at growing a plant if they can, you know, yeah. if the laws allow and if they have the time and the space just to have an appreciation for the plant sure. and, you know, its intricacies and difficulties. In, in <laughs> What's growing, funny, so. I'll share one little story. Um, so one of my neighbors around the corner from me, um, he's a narcotics officer, um, 35 plus years with Hampton. And it probably has something to do with when I was going to write it, but he says it didn't. Um, when the laws first changed, uh, I was welcoming my dog past his house, and he felt that he'd come talk to me. That's what I do for a living. And so, uh, he's like, well, you know, I've gotten in trouble for the plan. I think the, the you know, your wife, your record showed me white plan, and he's still against it. Within a month, within a month, he came by and showed me pictures. He was growing himself. <laughs> um, he was growing marijuana himself, and he was over the legal limit. You know, that's what he was. but you know, it's um, it's funny how quickly it changes. It's funny, it's funny how quickly it changes. You know, this is something that was beat into their heads, but once they see it and put their hands on it, it's like, oh man, this, you know, you had me all worried about this thing, and, and really, it's, you know, it's not that serious of a threat. It's not. A threat it's just at all. a plant. It's just a plant, you know, and and so um, it was, it's funny to see how quick those things change, you know. Um, um, someone's someone else completely gung ho against it, you know. It was, now they have their they're on their own. Yeah. Well, um, that's that's awesome. I mean, that just goes to show, you know, even the most ardent, you know, haters of cannabis can can be turned into believers. Uh, I'm sure. sure all of us know a few people. I watched like it firsthand. That, so. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Ho ho so. Hopefully, that's a trend that uh, continues going forward. So. Yeah. Um, Mike, this has been a really uh, interesting, informative uh, conversation. It's been awesome to get to know you and sure. learn about what's going on out in Virginia. So mm -hmm. um, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. And we're looking really forward it. to following your guys' progress. Uh, and can you tell people where they can follow you on uh, like Instagram and stuff? Sure, uh, Peninsula Hydroponics uh, 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 on Instagram. That's also Peninsula Hydroponics on Facebook. We have a website, PeninsulaHydroponics.com. Um, uh, that's, that's it for our social media for the most part. That's what we do most of our marketing though. And we talk about events we have coming up. Um, we'll be doing an event at uh, a brewery here in Hampton, a cidery called Sly Clyde's. Uh, um, a couple days after 420. Uh, 420 is in the middle of the week and this year, so it's kind of not logical for a lot of folks to be celebrating in the middle of the week with the work week and school and things going on. So um, we will read this Sunday afterwards. You can see us at Slide Class. We have a really cool event going on there. Um, and then we will be having an open house on April 30th. We'll have seeds available again. Um, we'll nice. Some really unique, awesome crosses. Uh, we have a bunch of things that we'll be giving away. Some smart pots will be given away. We have uh, multiple different lights that we'll be raffling. And, and so that should be a great event. Um, for anyone that's interested um, and or that wants to come check us out. Um, uh, but yeah, follow our social media pages. That's where we do all of our marketing and, and keep folks up to date on what's going on at Peninsula Electronics. Awesome. Everybody in the coastal Virginia area, get your butts down there uh, to that event. Uh, pick up your beans. Awesome. That's right. Well, Mike, thank you uh, again for joining us on The Growing Revolution, and uh, sure. we'll be in touch. All right. I appreciate it.